Welcome to Veteran State of Mind. I'm your host, Geraint Jones. Running late as fuck tonight. I've been leaving two fine gentlemen um, in the room waiting for me. Uh, but the good news is I have had two hours in the car listening to nothing but Hard House and Donk. So I am fucking well fired up for this. But before we get in the show, got a little favor to ask you guys, the listeners. If you could please head over to vsonpodcast.com. Uh, and there's a few things you can do while you're there. We've got a new section on there. We've got a book section. You can peruse books from guests who have been on uh, the podcast. And you can click on the books and it will take you through the Amazon. And you can support the podcast. We get a tiny little fraction of the thing from Amazon. And um, you can support the authors of the books who have guests on the podcast, which you enjoy listening to. So everybody fucking wins. Um, the other thing on there, we've got a mailing list if you want to sign up for that. Uh, when I get back from America, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to do it while I'm in America. There's more fun things to do here than fuck around on a mailing list. But when I get back to the UK, then I will do some mailing list stuff, do some giveaways and things on there. What else we got on the podcast? Links, links to everything, social media, links to, I don't know, your fucking mum's inbox. Just go on there, check it out. And um, yeah, let's let's get on with this. <laughs> um, right, today's podcast it's made possible in part thanks to Frontier Risks Group, new um, new sponsor, new supporter of the podcast. We massively appreciate to them. Um, hugely veteran affiliated. So if you guys can check them out, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them now. Frontier Risks, they are home of the world's leading practical training course in security risk management consultancy. Frontier Risk Group is an amalgamation of a number of leading companies in their fields, guided by a team of equal experience and expertise in their respective domains. From security and crisis management, corporate risk, intelligence and analysis, compliance, workplace investigations, trauma response and training consultancy. they got it all going on, guys. Uh, if you are a veteran or if you're transitioning out of the military, then you need to check them out, regardless of your rank or background. Except maybe I have regiments, but even you guys should probably check them out if there's any of you listening, which I'd be amazed by by now. Um, but yeah, go check them out, guys. Um, some of Frontier Risk's former students now work as security risk managers, advisors, travel risk managers, security analysis for some of the world's biggest organizations, including, prepare to be impressed, Netflix, BBC, CNN, Deloitte, BAE Systems, Apple, etc., etc., many travel expert companies. Uh, you can learn all about them at frontierrisks.com. That's one word, frontierrisks.com. Glad to have you guys, glad to have, glad to have you guys on board. Um, and also, very glad to have our old friends, Camouflage, spelt with a K. Also, now in bed with Luminae Designs, dirty bastards. Camouflage is a specialist surveillance and investigations company, a brand you can rely on for their professionalism, integrity, and quality of work at all levels. These guys can do anything from uh, looking into what you've been up to online, so fucking behave yourselves, um, to going into another country, getting information out on the ground. They can, they can, they, I tell you what they can do. They can stick fucking tracking devices onto cars. Let's be honest, you're ugly as fuck. You're probably getting cheated on. You need their help to look into whoever's doing it to you. So uh, look. They are also stockists of specialized surveillance, outdoor clothing, equipment, and more from the likes of Lawmate, Yukon, TRC Outdoors, and Luminae Designs. Uh, they're making some proper alley kit with Luminae right now, which for the Americans in the room means 
cool looking tactical stuff tactical is the word luminate designs and camouflage are your place for that where can you find them you can find them at camouflage spelt with a k dot co dot uk uh i'll also tag them in the social media posts because guys i'm going to tell you your new social media handle is too awkward right i should have told you that in private telling you out loud now now you have no choice but to change it but don't worry because when you sponsor veteran state of mind podcast also comes with social media consultancy so there you go and also dick pics um right i promised you lot that if you did reviews for us online that i would give you some free shit and um i haven't been doing that because to be honest it's free stuff so i don't know you're fucking nothing but this week i have remembered um i have remembered to do one so we're going to read it and this is from gak monkey um gak monkey disgusting image i've got in my head thinking about that and it's titled, You Weren't There, Man. Obviously, it's a five-star review. You're not getting any fucking free shit for anything less than a five-star review. And it says this. Best modern military podcast online. His words, not mine. Voice straight from the front line. Oh, voice is straight from the front line. If you've ever, if you've ever served, you'll recognize the banter of this angry Welshman immediately. Uh, I take issue with that. I am not angry. I am just very, very excited and excitable. And come across, um, like just come across angry. I'm not actually an angry person at all. For anybody that's thinking that, the only things that, the only time I ever actually get angry is on this fucking podcast because it brings up stuff from the past which I no longer have any control over. So um, yeah, I'll forgive you for thinking that, and you can have some free stuff. Um, what else do you have to say? You have to say guests tend to be from the ranks. Yep, we like them on here. Not many officers want to be friends with me. Funnily enough. Uh, and from regular regiments rather than tier one operators, which makes a nice change to hear from guys that you identify with as your current slash ex oppos. Refreshingly honest about your time in and out of uniform, you dirty slags. Uh, just not sure if I'm wanking at the right part. Mate, any part is the right part. Whip your dick out right now and uh, let's get amongst it. The guys sitting opposite me now are probably thinking like, I did not realize that wanking was part of uh, the program here. Should know me better. Um, right, couple more sponsors and then we'll get into it um do keep listening you little cunts because um without these guys podcast doesn't happen so zulu alpha strap company bombers watch straps for ali blokes zulu alpha straps is a veteran-owned company who know how important it is to be in the right place at the right time what if you're not in the right place at the right time well you could do what i didn't turn up 40 minutes late for your own podcast can you and you know what it's not a fucking coincidence that i'm not wearing me zulu alpha strap today um uh, the guys can attest that I am currently strapless. There's no strap on on my person right now. And as a result, I got carried away at dinner, was having a lovely time with our friend Scott Hughes, a.k.a. Echo in Ramadi. And um, by the time I looked at my phone, I realized I was late. And um, yeah, the rest is fucking history. Head over to Zulu Alpha Straps. Check them out at Zulu Alpha Straps. Tell them that I sent you. They got some cool pictures. Again, I'll tag them up in any posts relating to um, the podcasts. Uh, so, yeah, vsomstore.com, vsompodcast.com, all of all the fucking sponsors. Do you, uh, just go back, listen again. All right, we need to get in this fucking podcast. I haven't got time for this stuff, all right? We're going to get into it. You go support the podcast by buying, like, I don't know, what's fair? Three hoodies apiece. Three hoodies apiece. We'll keep the podcast running. All right, guys. Right. Guests today. They told me the surnames just before we come on air. Now I've forgotten them because I've been trying to sell you a lot of fucking stuff. Blame capitalism, not me. Bernie Sanders, 2020. Um, right, Kyle, Hanson, right? Yes, Andrew, sir. Andrew. Levin. 
Levin, Andrew Levin, they are today's guests. They are better known as the boy band Recycle for Veterans. <laughs> um, they are a for-profit group. We're going to get into what they do. First of all, right, it's been a while since we had a threesome on the podcast. So why don't we start with, Cal, you're looking pretty buff, bro. I'm trying, man. You yeah. Know, home gym. Home gym. <laughs> your home gym is ridiculous. Why don't you start by telling people about your home gym? Oh. Well, the home gym just, I mean... It's an all-around facility. I mean, it was crazy. That's the whole reason why. Yeah, okay, so like for people who live in the UK, <laughs> an apartment complex, right, is like a block of flats where you go and do heroin, right? <laughs> That's kind of like what it is. Now, apartment complex in Orange County, I mean, probably yeah. people still do heroin there too. I'm not discounting that. But there is also ridiculous facilities. Like you've got like a fucking bowling alley. Your gym is like a proper a proper like Correct. commercial gym. Yeah. No, I think that's the whole trend with um they're starting to make these apartment complexes with community. Like they're trying to make this like you want to stay here. You could go shopping, you could get everything here. You could go to the gym, you know, you could do everything you need to do within this facility. I think that's yeah, like the again, new Again, that movement. is like the British block of flats in that your drug dealer probably lives in the same <laughs> block of flats. So you don't really have to go outside of that. Ease of um, access. Yeah, other than that, I can't <laughs> think that there's anything else that's going on. It's a very it's a very American thing, this. But um, no, I like the idea in principle. It's kind of like living in, because like, um, I went to Denver recently. My friend has a similar kind of complex, shout out Alex. And um, I think it's really cool because it's like you get in the elevator and then, I think because people know that they're going to have to run across people, you're going to run across people in the gym, you're going to run across people at the pool tables. Therefore, you don't want that to be awkward when it happens if you've been ignoring them in the elevator for like three weeks. Yeah. So then, and, you're, and when you get in the elevators and stuff, people start to be more like kind of like social to each other. Um, it's kind of nice. I like it. How does it work out with, with you guys in Orange County? I know we're going on a real estate yeah. tangent here, but <laughs> the people need to know. Well, I mean... With our complex, it's like fairly new, so we have like no neighbors. <laughs> so we'll right, that's a piece of shit. The, yeah. the neighbors that we have had, they've all been super great. Do you so. find because this is this is actually I'm as ever I'm actually coming around to a very serious point, um, and that is that one of the things that we as not just veterans, human beings struggle with is loneliness. Mm -hmm. I think is one of the reasons that like you know we see depression and everything like that on the rise, particularly when you've been a young male soldier or a young female soldier living in the block and then you go to a faceless apartment in the middle of London or something like that where you don't have that kind of community. So I actually think this is a really good thing like for people in general. I think these ideas of building these communities is, is really fucking good. I think they're going to I think people are going to reap the benefit of it mental health wise off the back of it. No, of course. And they also have um, mental health boosts. Um, where you could sit in there and it's all quiet, soundproof, and you could write your feelings on the wall. It's, Wanking. No, it's it's Wanking <laughs> it's, it's. I believe it's I believe you have the wrong impression of these. I've been to Amsterdam. I know these. Are. There'll be a little slot somewhere where you put your quarters in, and then your little DVDs gonna start playing in there. Um, right, hey, run us through your service, guys. Run us through your past, and then we'll get into the present and the the future. Sounds good. Well, I served in the United States Marine Corps. From 2014 to 2018. Third show in a row with Marines, though. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking need to start mixing this shit. We're up, taking honestly. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are. I was looking at my phone earlier. I was like, when the fuck did like 99% <laughs> of my friends become fucking US Marines? It's how, but it's it's how it no, is. I know what it is. It's a glitch in the virtual reality <laughs> thing. And it's like, it can oh. only keep, it's like the character thing is only tuning out one character at the moment. It's a lot of attraction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. It's 
pretty strong law right now. <laughs> It'd be like that. Right. <laughs> okay. We're talking about your service. So starting in 2014 out of high school, and then uh, I did security forces, and with security forces, I was doing uh, convoy operations for nuclear assets to the country, and then afterwards went to the infantry. It's a nuclear by nuclear asset. I'm talking. I think you're talking about Rudy Reyes's. As his energy level. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's a nuclear asset when, yeah. it comes to, when it comes to that. Um, and so, yeah, keep going. No, and then uh, after that, after two years of doing that, I went to the infantry where um, I finished out my contract and got medically separated okay. due to we'll an injury. Come back. We'll come back onto that one. Mm-hmm. Andrew, yourself? Started off uh, 2014 to 2018 as well. Uh, I was... Went to SOI, straight out of SOI. What's SOI? Uh, SOI School of Infantry. So it's basic school all the uh, infantry guys go to. And from there, I went right down the road, uh, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines down in Camp Pendleton. Um, served in a combined anti-armor team for the first two years. Uh, so for the, the listeners that are yeah not, not military savvy, it's basically javelin missiles, heavy machine guns, all the fun stuff. Um, then I, I volunteered to go into the line company, and that's basically the dudes you who put on. You look like a Vietnam veteran. You know, I, I kept it because that's the dirty <laughs> machine gunner way. So. It was so funny. We were sitting here, and he goes, I, I looked up shaved, at the though. screen, and I said, it, it's time to go. <laughs> it's just, you look like, you know that scene in uh, Full Metal Jacket where they talk, they're, they're bullshitting in like the, just before the Tet Offensive. And it's that guy's like, I was in the shit with the grunts. <laughs> payback. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, fucking, they're like, you went on Hastings. That, you look <laughs> like the payback it. guy, and it's cracking me up. I can't look at you any longer. Should, I, should I just cover it? Like, <laughs> just, just. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so, keep, sorry, man. Before I really is. No worries. So, I went into the line company, so for whatever psychotic reason I wanted to walk with a bunch of weight on my back for like 20 miles at a time. You know, the, all the fun stuff that yeah. you sign up It'd to be, be a like grunt that. for. Yeah. Um, I was sick of sitting in Humvees for like 16 hours a day and my knees were fucking killing me. So that's just kind of... you're tall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I did that. Yeah, those, yeah, those legs are definitely too long for... Too long, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, I'm hurting right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Um, I ended up going to scout swimmer school, which is just basically like... Uh, Swimming up on beaches, covering yourself in sand, and shivering the whole time. That's that's, that's really what nice. it entails. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> like a little, See, little recon. Is, as you get older, what you consider as fun Now I consider sitting warm on a sofa watching Parks and Recreation <laughs> fun. <laughs> but, like, there was a time where you'd have been like, oh, yeah, this job. You swim up on a beach, and you get covered in sand, and then, like, you lie there for, like, eight hours, and you have to piss yourself. And so, I mean, I still need to piss yourself a bit. But, like, yeah, it's it's funny how, like, you, you, the standards standards change as you get older. <laughs> really put it, does. Put it, put it that way. Character development. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think in it the, gets the to the point where you just decide, like, you know what? I actually don't want to develop my character in that, yeah. in that way. But um, so, like, what, what was the scout swimming school? Is that like a? Is that is that like a, t- a tiny little specialist unit, or do you have like people like that dropped in each company, or how does that work? Yeah. So it it goes with um when you go on the marine expeditionary unit, you float around on a boat. Basically, they have three separate companies. Um, so they'll organize it into the the helo company. They do all helicopter inserts, uh, See, tracks. It it looked fun, but you know, at least I wasn't falling out of helicopters and breaking mm-hmm. my back. True. <laughs> There's downsides to everything. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, they had the tracks, which is the absolute shittiest. You sit in a big tin right? can, yep, yep. 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 whole time. In a track unit. Yep. <laughs> and then they they have the boat company, and they go in on the rubberized uh, Zodiac boats and uh, attack beaches. And so what? So when you say the three companies, that's like the battalion will have those three mm-hmm. companies, right? Correct. So you've yeah. Got, so each the Mew battalion has got summarizes track company in the AAVs, mm-hmm. um, which. How would you describe those? Like a big floating shoe, uh, metal shoe box? It, it's a tracks? giant tin can. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's hot, it's loud. But they, so they go in the water, though, right? They go in the water. Yeah, they're amphibious. So they'll, yeah. you know, you'll drop in off the back of a boat, probably sink a good 10 feet underwater, then hope you know, they, they, they say they're amphibious, <laughs> but when you're in there and there's water leaking all over your face, you really start to question what oh amphibious yeah. means. Def- <laughs> define amphibious. Yeah, it's, it's a Marine loose Corps. term. <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah, gotta say, I don't like the sound of that. that doesn't sound no, like, not fun at all. You know, they're, I mean, you get as many guys as you can in them. Mm-hmm. They say you can only have, like, I think it's like 15 people, but you know. You know how that goes in infantry. Well, Marines Pack. can't count, so yeah. already there you have <laughs> a true. you have an issue. In fact, I'm very impressed you guys have didn't like have not got any crayons. I've not seen any crayons come out of your pockets. So well, far. we were waiting for you. We ate them all. Already, <laughs> yeah, <so>. you know, <laughs> uh, we went through. Our we had them all. Yeah. Um, right. So, Carl, I yes. want to talk about your in, the incident that led to you becoming medically separated because I think there's going to be, um, I think it's going to hit. Accord with a lot of um, a lot of people out there who mm-hmm. are medically separated for non-combat injuries, which is obviously the majority of people who are medically separated from British Army. Excuse me. Ugh, that was disgusting. For anyone who couldn't hear that, I've got a bunch of phlegm in my throat. I had to cough <laughs> it up. <laughs> so if you didn't hear it, now you can imagine it. Um, that's the power of radio. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people get medically separated most of them are not combat injuries and i think there's some kind of like um i'm coming on to it more but there's there's something that is almost easier for people to accept an injury if it's in combat and i say that i know a lot of people don't accept the combat injuries either Mm -hmm. but um yeah so like just talk us through your incident then let's come on back onto the the psychology i guess of it so uh we were doing a, an exercise, our last exercise in McCree before we deploy. We were going to Okinawa just to do the Mew 31st. And we were assaulting a, um, a combat town. This is a fake made up town. And they had like, you know, insurgents in there. And we were going to take it. We we're coming down the roads and tracks, and the enemy had like helos inbound. So we did a herringbone, which is where the vehicles pull off to the side of the road in a zigzag formation for the lack of the most part. And we pull, uh, when my AAV pulled off into the side of the road, we slid into a ditch and um, cracked a gas line. And that when the track tried to get out of the ditch, it caused a spark and our AAV blew up right. and caught on fire. So essentially, you got blown up the same as if you'd hit an IED in Afghanistan or, or anything like that, essentially. I haven't been through that, but, you know, some people have told me that. But Yeah. Well, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, so do you want to talk through the incident? Uh, or do you, do you uh, not? No, I I don't mind. I mean, you know, it's just it was because the thing is, dude. What I want to kind of get across to people here is how because you and me have talked about this before. No, of course. Yeah. Whilst getting my ass kicked at fucking pool, <laughs> you can't. Um, and um, you know, we you've you've talked about how you don't feel like it's the same, but even though you have people tell you it's the same as combat, we don't need to go into the details. But let's just say to people, there was a lot of people, so people badly injured, right? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys who sur- um, 
got some serious burns. So you had how many people in the back of you? Uh, we had 15. So you had 15 of you in the back. Some people got right. some serious burns. Uh, 15, including the drivers, the crew chief, and and what? what like, can you talk let's talk us through briefly? Like, you know, because the thing is about being out on the ground is at least you're expecting something. To, no, exactly. To so like, what what was that like, dude? Like that so, must have fucking been. Honestly, nuts. it was. I mean, I was caught off guard. Um, when we slid into the ditch, it wasn't the most uh, graceful of landings. So we all flew to the right, and like people were like caught on everything. You know, we have jerry cans back there. We have everything in the back of the AV, like litters, you name it, Stashes packs, porn, definitely. <laughs> and you know, we're we're all just kind of getting unorganized, and like you know, like some dudes got hit on the head. We're like, "You good?" He's like, "Yeah, we're good." And then you know, I kind of sat there. And a couple of the guys, you could tell, like, we all kind of smelled something. I mean, oh, the back of the uh, AV smells like oil anyways, you know what I mean? Got you, yeah. I mean, oil all over the floor. Mm -hmm. Like, And, you know, I kind of smelled something off, but it wasn't enough for me to, like, oh, that's gas, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, all I remember is just, uh, like, seeing the engine well just blow so open. Yeah, no, oh. I just, I smelt it, heard the engine revving, and then just, Damn. it blew, so. So how'd you get out? Um, I came out through one of the top hatches. We keep um, the hatches open on land on top uh, while we're assaulting, and we provide security on top in case anyone tries to run up, you know, like throw an oceanal grenade in or something like that. And that's um, how I got out the vehicle uh, due to the, the door was currently jammed shut. So, so was it just like fucking kind of pandemonium and just people just... Yeah, no, you know, I mean... We're all on fire in there, you know, so people were really trying to get out. So, all right, I think there may be some lessons because, like, there's a lot, of, a lot of people that are serving listening to this. Mm -hmm. um, one of those lessons, you know what, this goes for anything either. This goes for just driving, you know. Um, we've all done it where we've all seen car accidents, you know, people are totally unprepared for it. And it's something that when you're, out, when you're in theater and you're on operations, you know, you go out. In some ways, the safest you'll ever be because, exactly. like... Like, you know, if I'd, if, I'd have, if I'd have got a bit too into my heart that I was driving up here earlier and slid off the road, chances of somebody coming across me and knows what the fuck they're doing is very slim. Very. Whereas if you're actually on, out in the field, you know, you're deployed, um, and, uh, you know, everybody's, like, been going through their, their first aid training, everybody's current on everything, everyone's got equipment on them, um, and also everyone's in the mindset of something can happen. At any time which can lead to its own problems because when you live like that for six months at a time then that can then cause its own issues down the line but at least if anything happens medically wise you know at the time you're probably in the best hands that you're ever going to be mm -hmm. ironically um so you know i'll be the first to admit it there's definitely been times in when i was on training and stuff like that where i didn't know what the fucking fire extinguisher was like anyone listening now actually if you're listening right now do you know where the fire extinguisher is in your house? Bet you fucking don't. Bet you probably don't have one. Yeah, I was about to say, bet you don't have one. Bet you don't fucking <laughs> have one. You used it as a fucking dildo, and then you threw it out in shame, didn't you, you fuckers? Um, it's not a sex toy. It's there for a fucking valid reason. Um, but seriously, if you're listening right now, and you haven't got first aid kit in the house, by first aid kit, I don't mean action man plasters for when you cut your finger. I mean, do you have a first aid? Like, what would happen if someone in your house... Is, it can be done. You can cause a massive arterial. I'm making my arms feel horrible now, right now talking talking about this. So don't think I'm weird just like scratching my arms. 
Um, but it just makes me feel funny talking about that stuff. Makes me feel it gives me the fucking eebie-jeebies. Um, but yeah, like have you when I when I was when I used to come out here a lot, live um, like I used to uh, stay with my mate who lived by a busy junction. And there were so many car accidents by there that I st- I kept started kept giving trauma packs by the door. And, you know, we still have them in the house back home now. But really, we should all have them in our cars. We should have them in our cars. We should have them in the houses. But fire extinguishers, definitely fucking fire extinguishers. Because at least with bandages or something, you can, you can improvise. You know, but people listening, you know, think about this now. Do you know different types of fire, what you should use on each one? I'm fucking rusty on it. Um... Currently, none of the houses that I reside in belong to me, so my escape plan is just out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> but if you own a house got, and you're you gonna fight, claws. yeah, <laughs> I got well, yeah, so they'll put out anything. Um, but yeah, that's something to fucking think about. We all just overlook this stuff, don't we? And I'm sure, yeah. like, you probably would admit that it was overlooked during that training. So, what was how was kind of how was command and control reestablished? How was how was the situation dealt with? Well. I think, I mean, it happened so quick. It was within a couple minutes. Um, I mean, unfortunately, for everyone inside, and I mean, me being inside, I don't think we could have done much on the inside. The door was, like, pressure shut. Um, the back hatch was. So it actually, if I remember correctly, our XO from the outside opened the door, and that's why a majority of the guys got, got out. Right. Yeah, there, there was, like, a secondary, like, explosion, and oh, that's when I was, like, shit. trying to get out on top. And I flew out. So you got like thrown away from the vehicle? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like a couple feet. But yeah, and that's when I like saw the door open, like someone was opening the door. Right. Yeah. So what happened then in terms of uh, medically evacuating the guys? Because again, for people listening, you know, it's one thing to, you know, like, let's be honest, when we go through our, um, you know, like, let's say, let's say your company's running a range. You know, you might go over the idea that you might have one casualty, but then a mass casualty event of like you know half a platoon going down. No, know, yeah, I mean, story. I mean, we were trained. Like we, our company was pretty proficient on like all the like you know egresses of like if the AV sinking, what do you do? You know, if honestly, like if your AV were to stop working and caught fire, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Granted, I think just you know this is one of those accidents where like. Unfortunately, yeah, like you said, people don't expect in a training accident to lose half a platoon. Yeah. And, I mean, I think for a majority of the time, some people didn't believe what they were seeing. I mean, because yeah. I've heard from guys that were in, like, you know, recon pauses, like, watching over, and they were like, did that really just happen? Like, I mean, two-star general came up to us and was, like, looking at us like, holy crap, like, this is some serious shit. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately, it's part of the military. Is like these things will. Oh yeah, I mean, these, it's what you these, sign these, up for. Yeah, these things will happen. That's that's it. I mean, you mm-hmm. you're actually you know you you're way more dangerous. The chances are that something will happen to you in training, like statistically wise, more likely than it will in training than it will in war. Mm-hmm. Um, talk us through like what happened to you next, dude. Like you went to hospital, like so, what, so you because you got what badly burns was it? Yeah, I, I received like third or fourth degree burns on my body and uh got borderline fractured neck. Uh, it's a borderline uh, fracture neck. That's that's what I was told, but um, it's basically I just sprained my neck really bad right. to where like they thought it was fractured at first, and they put like a brace on it. Okay. Then they realized I didn't really need one. They were just like, but you like the feeling of being choked, so you kept it on <laughs> a little bit. You know, I was like, <laughs> sorry, I renamed that today. <laughs> no, no, throat you're good. Cuddles, that's throat what cuddles. I was say, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you like the throat cuddles. No, but um, 
yeah, it was, you know, we got collected to the CCP and, you know, I think per coming out from like a third, you know, third point of view, like third perspective, it was handled very well. You know, I think if it was a real deal, you know, we would have handled it per uh, not, you know, you can't always plan for a perfect scenario, but so how did how did you feel then? Like, because like you said, there's a sense of disbelief, isn't there, when something like that happens? To you. Yeah. How did you feel then? Like, once you started to like spend a bit of time in the hospital, and you know, like, what well, what was going through your mind? So when I was, I mean, when I got admitted to a hospital out in La Jolla, um, it was myself and one other person from the vehicle. So why was why was why was oh uh, they ran out of room? Oh, wow. and so they sent us there. And uh, La you know, not a bad place to go sent to. No, I mean La Jolla was a great hospital, and um, you know the staff was amazing. Was that, and this too. is a civilian hospital. Oh uh, yes. Right. So it's kind of like when we were getting rolled in, like I was getting rolled in on a wheelchair. Like people were like looking at me, like what just happened, like. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's kind of I mean disconnected for like the first half day because you know we got sent to that hospital. We were just the leftovers, and I had no idea what you know. Last time I saw people were, you know, at the casualty collection point, and you know some of them were n in not good shape at all. If not, what, what were they know. like? What were you? What were your superiors like? Like keeping you in the loop about how everyone else was doing? Uh, they did good, honestly. Like it was handled really well. I think a majority of uh, leadership stepped in, like battalion commander, kind of like mm -hmm. you know took over when it came yeah. to that stuff. And because again, that's a great uh, point. I think for anybody listening, especially guys that have maybe not gone on combat deployments yet if you're in a leadership position is you if you've got more than one casualty at once um they're more like the, the chances are that they'll be more interested in knowing what's going on with their buddies mm -hmm. than they'll know what's going on about themselves so um keeping everybody in the loop about what's going on with casualties i think is so important like such an important thing for anybody out there listening young leaders out there listening then after that's like an important one to pick up on and they just just in general actually as well just in life it's just you know people um a lot of times especially in the military in the background you kind of come from people don't want to necessarily ask questions they don't want to be asking so but they want they want to know but they just don't want to intrude or be seen to be worrying or you know trying to like you know cause a fuss so yeah i think it's an important one just in general to just keep always just always just assume that you guys want to know and no exactly and i mean on. you know realistically i didn't find out how everyone was doing until the second day they brought us over to the same hospital okay they just had us over there for the first day because they really didn't have enough beds for us but mm. then they brought us over to a burn center um i believe it was san diego burn center i can't remember exactly right. but so like what were you were you in pain oh yeah or? i mean you know it's burnt pretty bad well, yeah but there's different <laughs> kinds of burns isn't there? there's like isn't um, so like you had the ones that were the painful burns. <laughs> yeah i mean i had physical and obviously you know i dealt through some grief and um you know i felt kind of guilt for a little bit you know because what what guilt at what point now are we talking like well, how, uh well a majority of those guys i was their squad leader right. um prior to the event so it was kind of like you know kind of shitty feeling to know that there were guys laying there in the CCP, like, you know, very badly hurt. And there was no training that I could do. Right. Nor, I mean, physically, I was banged up myself, could do. And just seeing that, watching that, that was, you know, 
That was pretty bad. And how do you how do you feel about that now then? Like, because obviously, that's a total understandable feeling for a leader to have. Like, you mm. should feel that way, but at the same time, it's totally illogical. Like, it's nothing you could, like in that situation I mean, you're in, you nothing you could like do. How, yeah. So, how do you feel about that now? Do you feel like something has changed over time, or? Uh, I think over time, I definitely um, I mean, had time to think about it, you know, and that could be a a good thing and a bad thing, but I also had a lot of support with wounded warrior battalion uh, once i was done in a hospital they put me in wounded warrior where i you know did some mental health stuff and was getting physical training and getting back on track okay. uh, because i was suffering from uh through some big headaches and stuff like that right. at first so why you, you're in the hospital then you mm -hmm. were in pain physical pain and obviously mm -hmm. you know the fact that you're lying around all day or there's gives you a lot of time to think so you know you yeah. go through that go through that mental pain um what are you kind of thinking at this point then in terms of like your injuries are you kind of are you thinking like well this sucks i'm gonna miss the deployment um but it's you know but are you thinking like i'm gonna like medical separation is not in your mind at this point no uh no not when i was in the hospital it was more of like to be honest like i was i kind of looked at myself and was like we'll see what's gonna happen you know i was i mean i had and some you know burns on my face and like mm -hmm. on my arms and stuff like that and my neck and head were killing me like i was dizzy all the time really? yeah i threw up a couple times like so what what, right what, what like, is that from like exposure to some like the, the gas or the chemicals uh, or, or they or what, said like? they said it was more of like you know i guess um the the headaches and stuff were from like tbi i got, oh, I got diagnosed with tbi so that's traumatic brain injury yeah for people listening so that was basically from the, the explosions come yeah. from when I landed initial, on my head from the initial landing as well uh, from Cor the initial correct crash too. I mean yeah one because you, you got know. thrown around a bunch basically yeah I mean when we went in the ditch I don't think it was from that but when definitely when things right. went south so were sure. you wearing your helmet and stuff oh uh, correct yeah I was wearing my Kevlar I was wearing everything yeah yeah I mean dude was, again that's like I mean even dudes like who were wearing their stuff you know it yeah. didn't really matter unfortunately but what, what I was going to say about the helmet though is like if you hadn't been wearing your helmet in the back and you got thrown away, you might be dead. So it's well, no, yeah, they actually brought that up. Well, oh. two-star general did. He's like, "Good thing you're wearing that Kevlar." Right. Yeah, you know, typical yeah. thing to say. But, but it's true. No, no it is. Because I mean, I've taken my helmet off in the back of the truck. I mean, yeah. it's always all important. the time. When well, yeah. it's like you know, you're in that thing and it's it's a hundred plus degrees wherever you yeah. are. Taking off the gloves, you know, you know what I mean? You're yeah. Doing you're getting that headache from wearing your Kevlar, like. 13 hours straight especially and like yeah no e when even you're if back it's unbuckled you know you get dudes that'll just kind of they call it john wayne it and take off that strap you know john wayne. yeah <laughs> <laughs> always get yelled at america gunny, you know yeah. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah no but it's true it's like you want to roll your sleeves up a little bit mm -hmm. you want to take yeah. your gloves off i mean i've done it all because you're trying to weigh up that risk yeah reward it's like well you know, yeah, if we hit something, I'm going to be more prone to burns. But at the same time, I don't feel like right now, if they ask me to get out the back and look for an idea, I'm just going to pancake in on my face because I'm yeah. so fucking tired. So it's a, you know what would solve it? If you fuckers put air conditioning in the fucking trucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, we want really funny. We It's funny, like, we just assume that it's got to be 100 degrees in the back of a vehicle. Like, and we're like trying to work around it rather than just or air conditioning in the fucking trucks right put <laughs> like, something yeah. that works puts yeah. put a f you know what would be nice a fan yeah. and not oil everywhere and not and not, a, not the engine fan i mean the engine fan oh god dude. <laughs> it's the worst because like so I, we you know i was in warriors which mm -hmm. are 
um, you know, armored fighting vehicles like Bradley's. It's exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Oil everywhere, stinks of grease and oil and dust. Fucking hot as balls. So we used to go oh, I, yeah. I, I, in Iraq. They used to go up to seventy Celsius in the back, which I think is like a hundred over one hundred and fifty oh or something. <laughs> and it's just like, can we really not get like we? We've got a lot of clever people in the UK <laughs> and the US. Can we really not figure out how to have a fucking AC system in the back of these fucking trucks? Or a fan, a spinning blade. Anything. Get, get one of those kitty fans that squirts yeah. water. Oh, oh, we had those two. We used to stick frozen water bottles behind our body mm -hmm. armor. Um, but then they'd be melted in five minutes. Yeah. It was that hot. Like, you know, that five minutes. Five minutes <laughs> pretty fucking dank. Yeah. It was real dank. Real moist it was around the pits. <laughs> right, let me have a swigger. Right. So Wounded Warrior Battalion. What mm. is it? Tell the folks. Uh it's a it's a unit where uh they rehabilitate um injured service members. It's so it sounds like a charity, it's not a charity. Uh not this, no. Wounded Warrior Battalion is like for active duty service members that are hurt in while they're in the military. They send them there to get better. You know, probably didn't do them justice right there, but that's yeah, what, that's how I, spokesperson for yeah. Wounded Warrior Battalion. <laughs> they just fucking cancelled you off the Christmas card list. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um so it's a we're talking any kind of service related injury. Does Correct. everyone go there? Uh well when I was there there I mean, to be honest, there wasn't, you know, 2014 most of the guys who were combat injured which wounded warrior was originally designed for right um you know they weren't there but um there were some combat guys like um you know that had stayed in till like you know their 15th year and stuff like that and getting out but a majority of people i saw there were just people who like you know broke their femur mm -hmm. and it broke really bad and just didn't heal right, and now they're getting medically separated. All or right. and is know. this down in Camp Pendleton? Is it correct? So, is there also a different one on the other on the other coast, or is it like? Uh, I believe so. I believe, right. I believe there's one in DC. Yeah, um, because it's one of those things. It's like one of the hardest things I think for people when they get injured is getting separated from the buddies. So and it would yeah, it would probably happened. yeah it would probably suck to. I mean, at least in Pendleton, you're still in the reason. But mind you, your guys were going on the mute. No, yeah. So yeah. pretty much. Um, they deployed two weeks. I think it was like two weeks after. So right. So most, so, so most, the rest of your company gone. Gone. Wow. You know, they were like, "Hey, um, could any of you deploy?" You know, and <laughs> <laughs> and then they were, you know, the doctors were like, "No." Um, yeah. I think a couple, uh, a couple of them actually did. Um, I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but I know there were some issues while on deployment. Okay. But you know, they here first. Veteran state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, they did. I mean, it was pretty quick. I mean, you would treat it like, I mean, you train like you fight, right? I mean, they still had a deployment to do. Yeah. We got hurt. I mean, when it happened, they did, you know, an exercise pause for that moment. But they continued to yeah, exercise. Gotta, yeah, that. of course no, you they get on with it. And, you know, it's, you I mean, sit with your dick why wouldn't you, why, why would you, I mean, would yeah. you do that in combat? You know what I mean? You, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't quit the exercise. You no. wouldn't quit the assault. No, that's it. 100% dude. Less mm -hmm. Same with anything. It's the same in life. It's like when somebody like you know passes away or something. It's like what are you supposed to do? Like just stop, stop and yeah, yeah, you know, cry for weeks. Like it's just not. It's just not healthy. Relationships, no, not. Um, relationships, grief, losing a job. It's like again, you know, you lose your job. You're supposed to just sit around. Then no, you're not. You lazy fuckers. You go and find another job. 
any of you listening are doing that right now, get off your ass, stop listening to the podcast, go find a fucking job. I'm fucking paying for you to sit on your ass, you fuckers. Sorry, I've gone times in there. We're getting riled up with all this election stuff. Um, so, all right. You got medically separated, right? Correct. Your choice? Uh, Not really. I mean, they kind of told me, to, like, hey, look, you can't do infantry anymore. And then I was like, well, that's... I'd rather be dead than not like, infantry. Well, yeah, I was like, that's what I signed up to do. Yeah. And they are like, well... So, what, so they, you could have stayed in and been a... I could have, yeah, I could, I could have finished my contract. Right. I couldn't have. Um, I was hoping to re-enlist and do MSG or something like What's that. What's MSG? Uh, Marine Corps Security Guard. They guard embassies. Oh, cool. And you know, I thought that was a cool gig. Mm-hmm. And kind of relate. I was like, oh, I was already doing something like that, similar in a way. You know, maybe that could benefit mm-hmm. me to get into that. But once I got hurt, and that was actually kind of one of the first things I asked. I was like, am I going to get medically separated? And you know, majority of the time the doctor was like, oh, no, you know, we're not going to talk about that right now. You know, they don't want you to think me get all negative and stuff. But um, once it started to set in and I was in Winter Warrior Battalion, they were like, hey, you know, like, we're going to start your medical board. Um, Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to continue. And I was like, so I can't do anything in infantry. And they're like, no, but um, we could put you in the gym on Horno, which Camp Horno is one of the spots where the There's a camp first- called Porno. Yes, Camp Porno, First Marine. <laughs> nice. And you know, Leave I I was. Is that why yeah. you built those guns? <laughs> For anyone listening on audio, Carl's rocking an impressive set of sleeve pythons. <laughs> Just trying to catch up to Rudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Praise, good luck. Praise be his name. Praise be his name. Amen. <laughs> I felt I felt like a shoulder, like yeah, it's a shoulder. Yeah, it's granite, absolute granite. Like like you said, what was it chiseled from? Uh, from granite itself yeah probably <laughs> <In the> previous <laughs> episode fucking right you want to feel you want to feel ugly go go fucking go lunch stand next room. Go, yeah. no no i'm paul together <laughs> oh okay yeah. at the same no. time yeah we we had paul at one of our beach cleanups and he definitely um you know he afterwards. cleans up no, i've yeah, seen no, him clean he, up he, i've he seen literally. him clean up on venice boardwalk him and that dog yeah. like in the th- <laughs> like, like when i went to meet him with rudy in the 30 in the 30 yards that I'd, but I, when I spotted Paul, not mm. Abakaiza spot, when I spotted him and walked over, I seen three girls come over and hit on him. And then I had to sit next to him and Rudy and just feel like, like fucking a Welsh Shrek <laughs> is what I fucking felt like. Was, oh. Cut the video. I don't want any more video of this fucking podcast. Uh, yeah, it was nice. It's how it worked. Anyway, before I got an erection for Rudy and Paul, what were we talking about? <laughs> Uh, we're talking about medical separation medical separation yeah and then you started getting all fucking gay didn't you about Rudy (laughs) well you know I was I mean a lot of physical therapy and stuff like that and I mean I was just trying to so what were you doing so like because you got burnt right correct so what's the physical therapy for because like a lot of people would be like why don't you slap a bit of Vaseline on there and crack on it's actually pretty medieval um, still because that's I mean kind of the proper way to do it when I first got burnt they instantly pretty much looked at me they were like, have you taken your pain meds? And I was like, what pain meds? Did and they, they give were, you the old Motrin and clean, uh, clean uh, fresh well, socks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, thankfully, uh, one of the corpsmen had uh, morphine on them. Oh, nice. And, you know, I got a little swig. Well, was once, he supposed to have it on him or is he just? Uh, it was a line corpsman. No, it was a unicorn in the infantry. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was um, a line corpsman. So he was with like headquarters. Element. Yeah, so he, he had all the, you know, good stuff. Oh, yeah. That we needed for sure. <laughs> if it's by the way, if there's any female Coleman listening, I don't, we don't have to be female actually. Um, 
I'm looking for someone to come round to the house in San Clemente and give me IVs on Sundays. Um, if there's anybody out there Wait. that would like to perform the service, I could do that for you. Yeah, we'll, you have we'll IVs? With IVs. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, oh, yeah. I, get, I got a bunch. Cancel my last. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> what the fuck have you been for the last Recovery few weeks? You know crew. how hungover I've been. <laughs> yeah. This fucking podcast because has you, been getting... You fall off the face could... of the earth and you don't text it. Because like, I need an I IV. Died. Yeah, like, I, need... I died. <laughs> I'm like, we'll, it's we'll all be good. Waiting. We'll be waiting with the IVs and we'll hook you up. You know what, though? There's many distracting things out here. <laughs> like, one... I, I don't really like to use my phone when I'm in the car, which today has been six hours. <laughs> so there's been a six hours. have to. <laughs> yeah, there's been like a bit of a window today where I, well, I can't like um, using my mate's car. And um, like, I'm not saying it's wobbly, but it feels a bit wobbly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's kind of one of those. The other thing as well, it's like California people can undertake you, you know. So it's like, it's just cars coming in and out of everywhere. And I'm just kind of like, in the middle oh, of the lane, yeah, just like shut up. Fuck off. Especially fuck off. in LA, they're just they don't care how. Hey, much you know what? By the way, car. I would like to make a public service announcement about this thing that's attached to your steering wheel, right? <laughs> if you move it up one way, it goes blink, 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 blink. If you move it down the other way, it goes blink, blink, blink. Right? Now, the Americans call it a turn signal, right? And the clue's in the name. When you fucking turn in, people of Los Angeles, you in, in, initiate the turn signal, right? <laughs> That is to allow other people to know that you're fucking turning. And that way, you won't have to fucking get on the fucking honk the horn and interrupt your fucking Instagram influencer video that you're making. <laughs> use turn signals, please. People, people of California. People of the world. Yeah, in general. People of California in general. That's awful. Listen up, I'm starting a movement here. Start using your fucking <laughs> indicators. And you know what the problem is? Not enough guns here. Because when people have guns in their cars, when people have guns in their cars, people are more polite driving, right? You don't want to piss off the guy with the uh, double barrel in his his window, you know? If I see a guy, right, joking aside, it does make me laugh whenever I see a guy with a big truck and a Punisher sticker on there. (laughs) Always makes me laugh. I'm thinking like, yes, you must have a giant penis. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, do you think I'm getting out to fucking bang on that guy's glass? No, Probably because not. <laughs> he is fucking armed to the teeth and begging. He's one of those like, hey, I'm a sheepdog. You know, one of those well, guys. Well, I was going to serve, but I had flat feet. Uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to serve, but I would have punched a drill instructor <laughs> yeah. in the face. Yes, mate. We know you would have. Anyway, I'll do, right, what are we talking about? Uh, Rudy's shoulders. Um, <laughs> I can't get that image out of my mind. To be honest, we might as well wrap, wrap it up there and we all meet in the bathroom. <laughs> hey, got, get, got any of that burns Vaseline left? <laughs> <laughs> could do with yeah, no, they did. Uh, right the stem cells worked out pretty well. You got stem cells? Yeah, I, well, I got offered. I had to sign off on it. Okay, um, so what's well, like a... It's like a cream. A trial... Oh, it's a cream? Yeah. So, wow. I mean, God, the myself awesome and a couple it. others got offered it. Um, I don't... To be honest, this is part of that got, disconnect. You got any more of that? Uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I but um, I mean, after they scraped all the the burns off, because I mean that's burn treatment. They uh, that sounds hideously painful. Yeah, I like mean, you said, medieval. Fun. Yeah. Did you did you how, how would you deal with that? Would they would they whack you up beforehand on morphine, or um, would you just deal with what you could? Or did you pass well, out? that's why they asked if I had pain meds before, because right. there's you know they were going to give pain meds, and I was like, no, I haven't had mine yet, and they were like, well, we need to do this before it's infected. So, so uh, all I saw was a blue sponge that my mom had in her kitchen, and I was like, okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's gonna suck. It was made by the lowest bidder too. Yeah. The one in your mom's kitchen was a yeah. much higher grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. military grade means lower. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
But it, it, by the way, yeah. idiots on Amazon. When you go on Amazon, sorry, I'm being very offensive to people tonight. This is what happens. You spend time in LA traffic. You get fucking offensive. It's like mm-hmm. comes in your mind like a virus. If you go and buy something, civilians listening to this, and it says military grade next to it, <laughs> all right, that is not a good thing. Do mm-hmm. not, do not be bought. Do not be suckered into them. So, dude, they're cleaning up all this stuff. How long did this go on for? How many months? How many months uh, were you getting these until they covered? Like until they healed over. So my burn treatment uh, lasted, I'd say probably like four or five months. Um, I know some of the other guys lasted way longer than me. Um, you know, gratefully I had a pretty clean healing process and had a lot of support. Honestly, you know, it was great knowing that. I think you always hear the stories of like, you know, oh, there's, you know, I didn't have this, I didn't have that from the older guys who served, mainly like you know Vietnam. Yeah, and, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely de- def- definitely the the case, dude. Like um, things of even in the last like the was this tw- twenty years since I joined up, right? I know I looked twenty one, but uh, <laughs> it's um, it's astounding the, the changes, and especially over here in America. Like I always say, over here in America, like there's nowhere that supports the troops. Maybe North Korea, they support the troops as well as they do over here, but <laughs> you guys do pretty pretty fucking well. Um, how hard was it on you mentally, though, support aside, to realize that you were no longer in the Marine Corps? Uh, it was hard, you know. Um, it. I mean, to this day, there's always those times. Like, I mean, even with Andrew, like we'll talk about just the little things, you know, like when you're in a mm-hmm. fighting hole. I mean, you just had a shit day, but you're sitting there with your like expired pack of skittles and you're like mm. yes this the is skittles it. bar yeah the skittles bar infamous, uh, it's like <laughs> no. those those old skittles and they'll have oh, emotional things yeah so yeah. it's like you want a ps4 from or playstation from 2001 and here <laughs> you are in 2018 like yeah, nice. cash out <laughs> yeah no i, I love but, that shit dude like it, yeah it's it's little things hmm. that, and, but you could still have that in civilian life i mean no, you guys course. uh you know you guys are working together now, and I'm sure you have those same kind of moments now in your civilian life. But, but like specifically, in regards to the fact that it wasn't your decision to leave, because you decided to mm-hmm. leave, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew? Like you, I you did. made the decision to leave, and I think there's, um, so you know, Pink Miss, my buddy Alex, who we've had on the podcast, he says the same. It's like for him, it's the fact that he was left, he was taken out of Afghanistan rather than he left. You know, there's like. That those sort of distinctions and you know it's it's uh, like do you feel do do you feel that there is like some kind of like guilt and stuff on your side some may I say totally undeserved guilt that it's not a combat injury that did it for you and that it was a training injury you know yeah there was I mean I think you know that was something that over time I I learned that it wasn't talking to people who have served in combat um you know i was thankful enough to have a good uh mentor to me and uh kind of like you know someone i could talk to i went to war was one of my good friends uh daniel clancy uh he, he did 15 plus years in marine corps he's about to get out and uh you know he was infantry and he talked to me you know personally aside because i felt like that instantly you know i mean i felt kind of like my unit left um, I was distant from the guys from the accident because you know everyone was on it. They got everyone got sent home, which was great, you know. Yeah. And then they did their treatment from home when they could. But um, and the yeah. units in Japan, 
Exactly. And, you know, you can't, there was like no communication with them that much, you know? And, uh, it was just kind of like a point where like, you know, I knew I was getting out and I enjoyed what I was doing. And I, you know, it was like a pause, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, making the right steps while I was in. And, you know, that was like one of the first times I really had a legitimate roadblock in my life, you know, and finding that peace with, you know, it wasn't my fault. It took time, but, um, you know, with time, things heal and with the right guidance for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like this Wounded Warrior's got a lot of good stuff to say about it. Like the the fact that they yeah, have my personal people, experience at least. Yeah. You well, know. yeah, the, and the, the, but the fact that they have combat vets in there too, because the fact is something like that, like you would probably wouldn't listen to it unless it was coming from someone that was in those mm. positions. Because some, of course, you so, could. It's like, you know, if, if, uh, I I don't know. It's one of those ones. It's like with your parents. Your parents tell you stuff all the way through your life. You never listen to it, and mm -hmm. then you find out the exact same thing. It's kind of like the same thing. Sometimes you need to hear it from someone that you've put on a pedestal or something. Yeah, of course, which yeah. for a lot of veterans is combat veterans. You put mm -hmm. combat veterans, especially in just because you happen to be in the unit especially, at the right time at the right place to go somewhere. Especially like peace, as peacetime grunts, you know, mm -hmm. you you train to go to war, and I think that's kind of somebody we idolize is the combat grunts. You know, you get those salty dudes yeah, in your unit seniors, who have been. A, you know. Afghanistan or Iraq and you look up to them definitely for you know the experiences that they've been through and it, but it, and the, but the fact is it's all just a matter of when you fucking came out your dad's ball sack absolutely that's what it is it's yeah. like um, yeah. that's that's the truth it's like it's <laughs> yeah. not like they were picked to go instead of you because yeah, like, yeah. they're better soldiers it's just like they just happened to be around when that was the time of things that the things happened and mm -hmm. that's the that's the that's the kind of truth of it I mean at the end of the day you know I mean I'm pretty sure anyone in the infantry now and throughout peacetime, you know, we were all in the infantry in case something does happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a hard time. I know a lot of dudes, uh, not me personally, have a hard time understanding. They're like, oh, I joined the infantry and I didn't get to do infantry things. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's more of like, you know, I mean, you should be grateful you didn't have to do that, you know. But you also should be proud of yourself because you still were willing to do that. If the time called for it, yeah, I one hundred percent agree, dude. And I'm speaking as someone that's been fortunate. I like I consider myself fortunate to have fallen in the Iraq Afghanistan window, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I agree with you what you're saying too. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a lot of bad days on those doors. So if yeah, it hadn't yeah. gone through, would it been that bad? But at the same time, I acknowledge the fact that there is this little hunger in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there always um, was, and, and, and there always it will be. But you know what, dude? Like that that exists regardless because as as human beings we're never like there's never success anything you're successful with so i know guys who have done fucking four or five tours who oh but i wish i'd done this and mm. then i've talked to tier one operators who are like but i wish i'd done this there's always fucking something so once you yeah. realize that you become a lot more at peace with it mm -hmm. yeah and i think i mean at first and i'm pretty sure andrew could speak on this too it's like of course you know like we miss those experiences but, you know, I mean, like you said, once you finally realize that it's not about that, and, like, I only found out through people who have been through those experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, like, you know, someone or just I just thought of that. It took me hearing it from my seniors or, you know, people I looked up to, mentors, mm -hmm. to tell me that, like, you know, you should be fortunate yeah. that you didn't go. But also, like, 
understand that. I mean, yeah. you but still you know, serve. It was kind of similar to it. It's like, so I was walking down um, the beach. Here. So the other day I walked down from like uh, by Dana Point down to San Clemente. So it was mm-hmm. about four miles on the beach, right? Yeah. I'm passing all these beach houses and I'm like, fuck, how am I going to get one of these beach houses? And then I was, and then I had the moment it hit me and I'm like, dude, you're on the beach right now. Mm-hmm. Why are you worrying about getting one of these fucking beach houses while you're on the fucking beach? And that's kind of the similar thing to the military thing. It's like, all right, the beach house might be combat and standing on the beach, going for a walk on the beach is being in the infantry. It's pretty much exactly the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's it pretty is. much exactly the same. You still got the same fucking laughs with the boys mm-hmm. or the girls now too. You've, you've got, um, you know, you've, you've got like a lot of training exercises you do a fucking like high intensity, like fucking kicking indoors, especially some of the shit now, like with all the CQB and stuff now that's going on. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great training. Yeah, and like, that is like, okay, the combat stuff is like, it's it's the beach house, okay? It's a little step up, but it's still the fucking beach. Yeah. So there you go. Obviously, the universe sent me on that beach. Well, I think I think what we've learned from this podcast is I need to spend more time on the beach. And how <laughs> could I do that? Maybe with Recycle for Veterans. Recycle for That's veterans. why I'm the fucking pro. <laughs> That's why I'm the pro. See that fucking segue? So I put my hand across <laughs> the cameras. Um, yeah, segue as fuck. Right. Tell us about what you're up to now, boys. All right. So um, kind of basically segueing out of our, our service, uh, I chose to leave. Kyle got medically uh, separated. We're childhood friends. So we, we kind of had been interacting and um, we, we kind of put our heads together and we, we kind of thought, you know, how do we continue to serve? Uh, that was that was our biggest question to ourselves. So we brainstormed and we finally came across this concept, Recycle for Veterans. Basically what that is, is a business we formed and what we do is we host environmental events such as beach cleanups, get a bunch of veterans integrated with civilians in these local communities, such as San Clemente. So you guys are from Southern California. Southern California, correct. correct. You cunts. I know. <laughs> Living the hard life. <laughs> yeah. And I got to be stationed here, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of integrate, you know, these local communities, civilians with the veterans or active duty service members and use it as like a networking opportunity. That way we get people from all walks of life and these guys who are getting out, you know, maybe they can find somebody, connect, get a job. And it gives them purpose, you know, because... I know, speaking from my experience when I got out, um, I I was working a nine to five job and I kind of felt like, you know, it's menial. I don't have too much of a purpose and uh, I wanted to do something that matters, you know. So what what's more, uh, what matters more than cleaning up the planet and, you know, helping fellow veterans? You know, it's, I mean, it's a serious issue. And when I was getting out and I was like, man, what could I do? I tried to get a job and... Like Andrew was saying, it was kind of like, you know, it was not what I was feeling. Like, the, the people I worked with, wasn't it wasn't the same camaraderie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, the same, like, humor and everything. But when we came together, it was more like, hey, man, we want to bring that community together. We want to bridge that gap between veterans getting out, having a hard time integrating into, you know, civilian work. And even bringing civilians together. And just bringing community. Yeah. I, th- I think and that's really cleaning cool. the world. And I, I think that's something know. I picked up on what you saying there, Andrews. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool because look, there's a lot of things out there. That, um, okay, this podcast. One of the things I love about this podcast we've got civilians listening, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's sometimes a problem. Not all veteran groups do this. I'm not saying, but there are veteran groups out there that make it too exclusive about veterans. Mm-hmm. Correct. And look, you're never going to tra- transition into the civilian world 
if you're not interacting with fucking civilians. Exactly. That's not going to happen. So I think that's awesome that you, you're doing that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lack of communication, too, and understanding, mm-hmm. especially from both sides of the community. You know, maybe, like, there's that quote-unquote crusty veteran who, you know, looks upon civilians like, oh, they're just civilians, whatever, and he's kind of, you know, ostracized himself. And on the other hand, you might think, you know, this the civilian thinks the veteran's just this this asshole. A crazy fucker who sleeps yeah. in like yeah. he has a foxhole. He, yeah. he has an M16 on his porch, you know, like I mean, <laughs> whatever. That's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I think I think that's such a fucking good point, dude. Like you, you know, because the other thing that I picked up on what you both said there was purpose. You know, mm-hmm. everybody needs purpose. You ha- you have to have a purpose. I mean, some people seem less than others. Some maybe some people don't need a fucking purpose. I don't know. Some people seem perfectly <laughs> happy without it, especially um, in uh, L.A. But I think like <laughs> a lot. I think right. I, I do think people need a purpose. Um, but again, that's not something that's particular to just fucking veterans. That's mm-hmm. people in general. I think need a purpose. So, you know, by um, by like yeah, bringing all these people together and, and tying it into something that is so. Like, who can have a problem with cleaning up beaches? Yeah. No one. And I mean, I think Vladimir there's... Vladimir Putin, maybe. Probably. Yeah. More communists, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I'll you let know, the state do that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a serious matter, you know. We're, we got a lot of plastic mm-hmm. pollution going on in, um, you know, millions of pounds of plastic yeah. alone. Just plastic. Not even, you know, going into styrofoam and everything else. It's getting put into this world. And it's all up and down our coast. It's mm-hmm. here in America. And it's here in the UK. It's here globally. What's California like um, in terms of um, kind of recycling and, um, you know, like just what would you call it? Pollution, I guess. So California is pretty good about recycling. Um, There's unfortunately a lot of programs being shut down due to money. You know, just. You fuckers not paying your taxes, see? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, that's why we kind of wanted to fill that void. We're like, you know. We're giving people purpose to come out. You know, like Andrew said, it's a continuing service. For those who served in the military, they could still feel like they're a part of something when they leave their job. They go to their 9 to 5. They're like, oh, but I got this event this weekend that brings vets together, food, vendors, you know. Bro, what you said there is such a great point, right? And I want to talk about it, reiterate on this, people, because I've said this before. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is going to be fortunate enough to be in a job where they feel that is their purpose. Mm -hmm. Most of us are not. When I ghostwrite for other people, because I don't feel like that's my purpose in life, ghostwriting. But you do it because you pay the bills. Most of us are doing jobs because they pay the bills, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly. the fact. That doesn't mean that your life has to be without purpose. Very if you exact. choose to go to your job and then to go home and fucking play Call of Duty, don't then go fucking complaining that you can't have your purpose. There's those mm-hmm. other 16 hours in the day where you've got to, time to fit your purpose in there. So... Yeah, like, look, people listening, your job doesn't have to be a purpose. I think there's a lot of confusion going on right now that mm-hmm. people like, don't, hey, sh- in a in an ideal world, should your job also be your purpose? Fucking sure. yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to have to work to that. It might take 20, 30 fucking years to get exactly. to that point. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean that you get to stop working. Of course. Because you're not, that's not your purpose, right? Find other things around it. And then all of a sudden, you won't mind your work so much anyway because you will have these other things to look yeah, forward to. Exactly, and... Like like I said, I'll say it again, community. Mm-hmm. That's what Recycle for Veterans is about. We bring people together. It doesn't matter. It could be if we're doing a cleanup in Long Beach, we're bringing people from Long Beach. We're bringing veterans, 
up the line. And, and other cities. cities too. And uh, yeah. I think one of the greatest things, especially about doing these cleanups, is you have uh, like surfers or, you know, beachgoers or whoever the case may be. They stop and they look and they're like, who are these people? They're wearing these shirts. They have green buckets, you know, and they're picking up trash. And people will come up and say, like, what is this organization? Or, hey, thank you so much, you know. And uh, it, it brings a lot of awareness and it kind of helps to bring other people in. You know what one of the other cool things I've noticed about stuff like this is um, quite often, like let's say you're on your own and you're walking down the beach and you see a bunch of trash everywhere. You're mm -hmm. not going to do anything about it. But when you've seen other people are willing to get involved, mm -hmm. exactly. then, then you do because it stops you because at that point you don't feel alone anymore. Exactly. So like, you know. I I I, so I was actually you know shout out to the San Clemente community because when I walked down the beach of the day I must have gone a mile and I saw one piece of trash mm -hmm. which oh, I yeah, walked San which Clemente's I walked by no I didn't I picked the fucker <laughs> up because why because I know like because I was like every time I pick up trash now and um, I think for more people see other people doing it it becomes normalized because let's be let's be weird uh, not weird let's be um, real when you're a kid. Right, we get all these stigmas put in our head, don't we? We get all oh, this yeah. social conditioning. Mm -hmm. The person that would pick up trash as a kid a, would be a fucking jippo oh, or a yeah. fucking weirdo or mm -hmm. a tramp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, so you get stigmatized into, oh, I'm not touching trash. That's that's weird. not for me. That's mm -hmm. that's yeah. there's people that pay to do that. So it's about overcoming all those kind of like those social like kind of like social conditioning and making it the normal thing mm -hmm. that if you don't pick up trash. If you walk past, even if you walk past someone else's trash, people will go, fucking hell, like I just walked past that person's trash. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's about becoming okay with picking up after other people. And it and starts with us. Yeah. I mean, you know, it starts with the individual person realizing that this is a problem. I mean, mm -hmm. we need to realize this as communities, as a nation, and, you know, as the human race, that this is a serious problem. I mean, we have multiple problems, but and this is just something simple that we could do. And speaking on that, too, on the individual level, something we kind of preach is, you know, if, if you're walking down, like you said, on the beach and you see a piece of trash, you know, pick it up because a small act like that can make a huge impact. You know, maybe somebody on the beach sees you picking it up and they're like, wow. Like, let's, let's, let's say in um, like, well, we, we'll use California is probably like, well, there's got to be 60 million people at least here. Right. At least probably in the UK. I enough. think I think there's like 65 <laughs> yeah. million people in the UK. Right. Mm hmm. So everyone picked up one piece of litter each day. Sixty that's sixty five million pieces of litter get exactly. picked up yeah. every day. If you pick up two, I was in the infantry. I can't do that maths. But it would be a lot of it would be a lot. A lot we got more. three of us in here now. Pass me some more fucking crayons. But it's you know, it's it compounds very fast. You know, mm, very exactly. it compounds very fastly is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um but yeah, it's a, those little things, and that that transfers to uh, to other things like, um, okay, again, not to bang on LA too much, but one of the things again I like about places like San Clemente is you walk down the street, say hello to someone. Let's say one or two times a person will just blow by you because they're not mm -hmm. used to it, but quite often you'll have someone, usually older people, um, and uh, drug addicts, <laughs> <laughs> they'll say something back to you. They might be, rah, 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 but you'll get some kind of reply, but. If you do that one today, then that has an effect that knocks on. And I think mm -hmm. like these little, um, these 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 tiny little actions, like it, it's the same as, I shouldn't talk about saving money because I've never done it in my life. But like if you ask somebody that saves money, you'll know about compound interest and stuff and how these little things of saving over time, saving like a, 
Save, saving like a, a a quid a month or or whatever or a, a buck, a you guys would say. <laughs> it it adds up, you know. It adds up o- o- over mm-hmm. the time, and it's the same as these these little actions. And I think we are coming to the end of our time, guys. So let's wrap up by um, anything you've got in your mind. The floor is yours. Well, just want to announce um, we're going to be dropping our new T-shirts, which are made of a hundred percent recycled material. Which, Sweet. You know, so if you're not watching the video, these guys are wearing very fetching t-shirts. Mm. They're not. I gotta be honest. These guys, they're not Rudy Reyes and Paul DeGelder, no. but they're <laughs> but they're pretty good eye candy nonetheless. It's not much, but it's honest. I don't have anything less than a six point five as yeah. a guest on this show. <laughs> if you want to come look on, at us, look at the shirts. Okay. It's hard to follow up. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to follow up. You can't follow those but, motherfuckers. You know, we got a lot of beach cleanups planned up. Um, you know, we're hoping to plan later into year get on the East Coast, even. You know, hopefully start playing stuff in the Something UK. Something across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> across the pond. And, you know, go global because, you know, it's – I know there's a lot of people out there that always, you know, like, oh, yeah, we need the change. But there's not actually people making those actions. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed that everyone coming out from, like, the five-year-olds that come out to our cleanup and see yeah. the veteran picking up trash with them. Mm-hmm. And not only do they look at them as a hero but a great example. Not only did he serve, but now he's – continue to serve the country by being a positive example for the future mm-hmm. yeah what more could you yeah, ask getting for, the kids you know? out of that age is great man like yeah, it, and because the thing is I it's think, educational yeah i think like a lot of like so these surf communities and stuff you got out here i think these guys are very respectful of the ocean anyway um but it's catching the people who have come let's say maybe they've come from inland they've come from mm-hmm. corona or whatever and they've come in for um like one day at the beach and then maybe come in one day a month it's catching them and making them because what I've noticed is like say where Paul lives um, by the way stop trying to steal Paul from you fuck because he belongs to me I saw him first <laughs> I don't even know where um, we're not doing anything <laughs> uh, fucking leave him alone he's my fucking Aussie right my wingman when uh, like his beach by Marina Del Rey you can see the people that come in there they've come in for the day mm-hmm. you know most of those around that area are not locals and then they leave and they leave all the trash all behind the trash. because they don't have the sense of yeah. what you're talking about earlier community that's a lot of a lot of tourists too i think you know they come and they're like oh this is a beautiful beach pictures pictures about, and you fucking realize there's a tourist sitting <laughs> in the chair opposite <laughs> yeah. you right now who has been picking up trash if you fuckers <laughs> have picked it up in the first place i don't have to clean up after you you dirty yanks you're a you're a resident <laughs> fuck it i'm not a resident do not be doing that ice if you're listening right now i am not in any way a resident i'm within my visa thing i am not dude you see what you're fucking he's saying? legal he's legal that's how we you're the one with the dodgy mustache if anyone's illegal in here it's you right anyway enough abusing my guests guys thank you for coming on where can people yeah, find you online you. so you can find us at recycleforvets.com uh we're actually just working on our brand new website, so it should be up by the time this video drops. And well, I mean, depending sure on how much we go out, it might be three months before we put this out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no, might it, have our free no, new t-shirts by then. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, every t-shirts will be on there. Uh, percentage of our t-shirts go to veteran charities. We select a new one every month. Uh, this state month, of mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Back tickling <laughs> going on here. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. uh, this month we chose Simper Five Fun, and uh, you know we're looking to go to new nonprofits every month so nonprofits out there hit them up connect exactly. we love spreading the veteran gravy we want to give back place. spread the love we want to give back yeah. good i want everyone to get the back scratched um i want everything to get scratched by everyone <laughs> no it's community like that's the thing it's about supporting each other so follow these guys on social media um 
Make a poster by it. Go and pick up some fucking litter. Hopefully you've been inspired. I'm yeah. I'm gonna take out my own litter at the end of this podcast. I've been inspired. <laughs> no, I, I fucking I started picking up litter of like last year. And you know what? It's one of those things. Actually, real interesting points of lack up on. Anyone out there who suffers from depression or PTSD or feelings mm-hmm. of inadequacy, worthlessness, you're not doing enough in the world. Go out for half an hour and pick up some litter. I guarantee you will feel better about yourself Absolutely. and the planet in general. And not only that, you know, do it with some friends. Do it with the community. Yeah. Do it, you know, we get so many guys who come out and you know, hey, they like, suffer from that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, text a friend, hey, what are you doing? Let's go to the beach and pick, a, and pick that, up some chicks. Pick up I mean, litter. Pick up some litter. Pick you know up what? some trash. Those fucking you know, chicks going to love you when they see you with a bag of trash in their hand. And if mm-hmm. not, then fuck them. They ain't good enough for you. Exactly. <laughs> they ain't good enough for you, kings. Some Something I'll, I'll add to that is I think there's that stigma. I get I get it all the time from my former Marines. They're like, oh, poli- it's police calling, you know. And for oh, yeah, the yeah, non-military yeah. listeners, that's basically, you know, you get on one line, you sweep through, and you clean yeah, up. Areas, as we, we call mm-hmm. it in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's more than that. You, you get out there, and I don't think we've had a single person come up to us and say this was a horrible event, and I'm sad i went to it you know it's no suicides at the end n- of an event no yet. thank god no <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood all right i'm actually gonna knock on wood because that would be terrible <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> all right well we can edit that bit out if someone does kill themselves it's all good and we'll add it <laughs> <laughs> right boys this thanks for coming on so no, much thank you um, thanks, man. guys thanks again to our sponsors um supporting the podcast guys please check them out be the community vsom store vsom podcast all those things I said at the beginning, which I've forgotten about now. Uh, I don't have my phone open, so I can't tell you about them again. But just go and do them things. Skip back to the beginning. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for coming along. Oh, thank and, you, man. Well, I wasn't talking. You were talking to <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listeners. But, I mean, I love you guys too. Um, and um, yes, we will catch you again soon. Cheers.